that's the biggest issue with most sailboats is you can't go directly into the wind. Mm-hmm. You have to go um, at least 30, 45 degrees off the wind off of each side. Mm-hmm. So if your destination is directly into the wind, you're going to have to, as we call, tack back and forth. Mm-hmm. The Polynesians with their sails, they had a really hard time going into the wind. The best they could do was about 45 degrees to 50, 60 degrees off the wind. Hmm. So if they wanted to go to an island that was into the wind, it was a really long adventure for them. Hmm. The newer uh, style sails with booms attached um, makes that airfoil substantially more efficient so that we Hmm. can actually go into the wind uh, at a much better angle. So it's just a more efficient uh, way of doing it. When I surf Dean Stanek from West Marine, the moment that I enjoy the most is when I'm out there I'm looking at the horizon, and now I see in the shadows on the horizon the set that's coming. I turn my surfboard, and I start paddling as hard as I can, and I swear, it's like God taps me on the shoulder because the wave is behind me. I cannot see it. I just know it's coming. I'm paddling as hard as I can to get my speed, and it's as though God taps me on the shoulder and says, okay, Robbie, you can stop. You've caught the wave. Get on your feet. Stand up. It's this amazing conversation that I have with a spirit, with God, whatever you want to call it. It's amazing. Can you speak to what it must be like to be in a sailboat? And I'm not talking about a big one. I could care less about the big ones. I'm talking like a sunfish or a sabot or something little where it's, is it almost like the wind, this invisible power starts to talk to you and tell you, do this, do that. No, you're doing this wrong. Do it this way. And you can feel it capture the wind. Do you actually have a conversation and a feeling with something that's invisible? Well, when you're on a boat alone, you have lots of conversations with yourself and you come to realize that 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 is actually normal. And, you know, you can answer yourself once in a while and that's not completely out in left field. Um, But you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, and I think you described it very well. Um, There are many surfers that do sail and it's that same type of conversation that you do have. Um, And it's not just with the wave, like you're talking, it is with the wind as well. And many times it's the balance of the two. It's the combination. Hmm. And you literally will start to feel the wind on, on the back of your neck, on your ear. You realize that your face is just a perfect scenario being able to feel the wind from different angles Hmm. um you know you really have heightened senses because of that Hmm. and uh yeah you really do you end up talking to you know whomever you feel is more powerful at the time uh and really just trying to be in one with them Hmm. and that feeling as you well know when you get that wave there's nothing like it Hmm. there's just nothing like it you know it's it's uh it's your happy place. And it doesn't necessarily last for a long time, but you makes you come back for more. Mm-hmm. How does someone get started? Teach us what I would do. You go to West Marine, you buy a boat, you buy a sail. How, how does this all happen? So, you know, you obviously you have to have uh, one, the desire. And, you know, it sounds silly, but, uh, you know, a lot of people like to jump into things that really don't have a desire to do it. Um, and then they fail. Um, so obviously you got to have the desire. You need to ha- give yourself the time to learn it. Uh, It's not necessarily the easiest sport to learn. It's not like just going and picking up a ball and running around. Uh, There's a a bunch of terminology and so forth you got to learn. So it's it's probably a good 20 hours just to kind of learn the basics and you got to give yourself time to do it. Mm. Um, I would say you need to have kind of a love for the water, um, a love for the outdoors. 
Um, as you well know, Mother Nature is not necessarily forgiving. So if you don't like being out there with her, then it's probably not the place for you. Um, and then, you know, it, it's a physical sport. You need to know your physical capabilities. You know, I would say it's probably a good idea to know how to swim. If you're afraid of the water and don't, then I don't know if it's probably the best scenario for you. Um, the other thing would be is, you know, you've got to have the right equipment. Um, and that's where I have pretty much made my, my living. Um, you know, and I would say for the equipment, the first thing you really need to have are shoes. Mm. Uh, you're moving around on a boat on a platform that literally is moving in three dimensions all the time. There is not really a break. It's always moving. So having shoes is important. You're going to be pulling lines, lots of lines. You have to learn what they all are. But pulling those lines, you need to put some gloves on. Um, your, your hands, when you first go out, definitely are not used to doing that. So you need to protect them. Um, sunglasses. I'm amazed at how many people forget to actually bring good sunglasses, polarized ones if possible. Um, a hat, sunblock probably, you know, and then clothes. A lot of people forget to bring the sunblock. You have long sleeve shirts, and I would say the polyester shirts are the best. Mm. Um, they block the wind really well. They're light. They're airy. Um, I think Columbia does a really good job with those and makes it more comfortable. Mm. So, I mean, to get started, I think that's kind of the basics. A good windbreaker always helps. Not, it really depends upon when you decide to go do it. Right now in Southern California, it's warm. It's, I've been out last week twice, and this week I'm going to head down to the boat a little bit later here. But, uh, you know, I don't think I'll need a jacket at all. I haven't needed one in probably a couple weeks. Dean, I have I have a minute left. I want to ask you one final question. Of all the year, how old are you, by the way? 53. 53. You sailed your whole life. You even went to Hawaii. What's the greatest interaction you've had as a sailor on the ocean with nature? Pelican, a whale, a shark, a dolphin. Can you can you give us one unbelievable experience with Mother Nature? You know, there was a race that we did uh, a couple years ago, and it, it, it goes, the race starts in L.A., it goes around Catalina, and then goes into San Diego. And um, it was probably 10, 11 o'clock at night, and um, it was it was kind of a slow race. The, the wind had kind of died, and it was just starting to pick back up again. But there was no moon, pitch black out. The stars were absolutely amazing. There were probably, at that point, five or six shooting stars. And next thing you know, it's dead silence out, and all you hear is the blow of a whale. And he's literally right next to the boat. Wow. It was an amazing experience. He sat there for quite a while, a slight bit frightening, the fact that he is definitely bigger than the boat I'm on. He literally goes below and comes back up on the other side of the boat and does the same thing twice. Wow. It was just an amazing experience. And then right after that, here comes a bunch of dolphin. And there were probably three to 400 dolphin. Mm -hmm. And they literally just played along the boat the entire time for probably a good hour. And just the illuminescence that they create as they go through the water allows you to see where they were, but not necessarily them, but you can feel their presence. It, wow. it's, it's amazing. And that's just one. And honestly, I would say every other time I go out and get on the water and I go for an evening, I see dolphin. I see it's a very rare occasion. I don't see other animals. And that just warms your heart. At least it does mine. You just warmed our heart, Dean Static. Thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. The power of the wind, being out there with Mother Nature. 
That's what it's all about, and we're so lucky to be able to live in Southern California. God bless you. I really appreciate the time, Dean. We all do. Keep doing what you're doing, and thanks again to West Marine for making uh, time for you to be here. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dr. Clapper. Have a great day. All right. God bless you. All right, Warriors, the number is 877-710-ESPN. I have to do some Clapper vision about Zach Wilson. He tore his meniscus and has a bone bruise. Is that going to be a problem for this young quarterback for the New York Jets who flew to Los Angeles to have his surgery? I need to explain what the ringer is in the bone bruise. The meniscus is one thing, but why may he have trouble with his knee because of the bruise? What does that mean? I'll explain. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN.